This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su. And um, understanding how drugs interact with our dif- with the different systems in our body is crucial to ensure that the medicine um, that is developed is both effective and safe for us to use among humans. So on this episode of Humans of Healthcare, we will be diving into the role of a pharmacologist with Professor Dr. Wong Pui Fong from the Department of Pharmacology at University of Malaya's Faculty of Medicine. Prof Wong, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me here, Sue Anne. It's nice to be invited again and talk about uh, what I do. It's my pleasure. I'm really interested to find out more about your role because I don't think we've actually, you know, um, spoken much or we don't hear much about the role of a pharmacologist. Um, so maybe you can start by explaining to our listeners, right, what exactly is the field of pharmacology? Okay, pharmacology, this is a subject where... Um, either stage one or stage two, year one or year two, medical students, dentistry students, biomedical science students, nursing students, they have to take, mm-hmm. all right? Um, um, foundation subject for these uh, like health science um, students. So what do they learn in pharmacology? Basically, uh, to study the effects of drugs uh, on the function of living system, uh, that is our human body, yeah, and how these drugs uh, interact with all the other chemicals in the body. Uh, with that say, you know, the drugs that we take can interact with the food that we take. Mm. Uh, the other drugs that we take together, you know, uh, with some nowadays we take a combination of drugs. Uh, the drugs also can interact with um, herbs and supplements. So pharmacology deals with this uh, um, kind of uh, uh, study. Yeah, um, so pharmacologists, what do they do? So they look into how the the drugs work. Uh, we call it mechanism of action. Mm. So a student, they must know, okay, this drug, what does it do? How does it do its job? Yeah, and then um, going further, uh, pharmacologists would need to find the um, effective dose for treatment. Yeah, uh, and whether the doses used will cause a harmful effect to uh, the patient or, or people taking the drugs. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, because they also do experimental studies, whether this drug interact with any anything else, food, compound, herbs, um, so they can make recommendation. You know, when when doctor prescribe you drugs, they tell you take this before meal, take this after meal, do not take it with meal. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. Where you get the knowledge from, now, pharmacologists are doing experiments, running trials, they find out all this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's not something we hear about often, um, You, but you really are so vital, isn't it, from what you share, you're working behind the scenes to ensure that medicines work. Yeah, definitely. You know, from discovering the drug, you know, at the initial phase, we we find we we had we have a library of compounds. We test them. Yeah, we you may from thousands of compounds, you probably find 10, 10 compounds, mm. and then you need to test them. That's bench. You know, you, you test them. You you got your lead, and then um, uh, then you have to do more work. You know, preclinical studies. And if it works in animal, it's safe in animal, then we, we continue to do human clinical trials. So, yeah, so this is the entire drug discovery process. Pharmacologists are involved. Mm. Now, I'm sure there are people who are wondering, right, pharmacology and pharmacy both sound very similar. Um, a lot of us are more familiar with the role of pharmacists, but what is the difference between the two fields and the two roles? 
Yeah, so I've explained just now pharmacology uh, uh, focuses on the understanding of the effect of the drugs, right? So pharmacy, they're different. Uh, it's a study of uh, uh, preparing and dispensing medicine. Yeah, so pharmacies, they are licensed healthcare workers. Yeah, so even the path toward obtaining the uh, uh, the license to, to practice ph uh, as pharmacists is also different from pharmacologists. Mm. So, so pharmacists uh, in other countries like in the UK, US, they can actually prescribe drugs. But in Malaysia, no. Uh, mm. we, we just stop. We just stop at uh, dispensing, preparing the drugs, advising patient uh, how you should take it, and and again, what food to avoid. You know, yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm curious to know, um, Prof Wong, you know, and this is getting a, get a bit more pers uh, a bit more on your personal journey, right? What inspired you to go into pharmacology as opposed to other, you know, biomedical subjects? Yeah. So myself, uh, I I am a biomedical science graduate, right? So we have this final year project. You know, we, we actually run a, a, a we have to do a, a research, you know, small research project. So uh, that got me started, you know, uh, uh, got me interested in running, in, in doing research, you know, like, curiosity, uh, curiosity mm. started me. So as I, you know, when we write research papers, we have to cite, uh, publish report, publish uh, scientific uh, uh, reports. And so, um, and then I, I keep citing this, I, I'm interested, personally, I'm interested in the field of um, cellular senescence, that's a uh, Cellular aging, yeah? mm. uh, in, in layman terms, you want to know all about cellular aging so that you can uh, uh, prevent aging, yeah, uh, and how aging can cause uh, all the other diseases, right? Mm. Yeah, leads to diseases. So, uh, so I begin citing this uh, particular um, scientist, uh, the late Professor Judith Campisi. She was the pioneer in. Um, uh, cellular senescence. She started off lo looking at cellular senescence, how she can use this process to kill off the cancerous cells. But along the way, she found out that cellular senescence is actually the key driver in, in uh, aging-related diseases that we see nowadays. So uh, so I've, I've, what she did was really just fundamental research. Yeah, She laid the, the, the foundation, no? Um, that uh, you can now target cellular senescence to delay aging-related disease. Mm. So there we, then scientists began to look for drugs that can uh, eliminate this cellular, uh, this aging cells in your tissue. So what she did, found uh, fundamental work, gave rise to a new field, you know, drug discovery for this particular area. Mm. Very interesting. So yeah. Uh, I, I plan to go to her laboratory next year. Unfortunately, she passed away recently. Yeah, so she inspired me. It's okay. I do fundamental research, but um, we contribute to the existing body of knowledge where other researchers can use this knowledge and make develop I mean, develop new drugs, develop new diagnostic uh, uh, kits, for mm. example. Yeah. Mm. You mentioned your particular interest is in cellular senescence. So would pharmacologists usually specialize in different areas as well? Definitely, because uh, um, of course there's this basic uh, uh, field where we call it pharmacokinetics mm -hmm. and pharmacodynamics. You must know pharmacokinetics is uh, what your body does to the drug. So you take the drug, right? What your body, how your uh, body process it, eliminate it from your body after it has done its job. Then pharmacodynamics is is 
is uh, into looking at the the effect of the drug on your other body system, you know. Mm. So these are the basic ones. But uh, as you go along, you can um, focus on systems. You know, you can, somebody who is interested in, in, in the brain, the nervous system, you can do neuropharmacology, right? So you look at uh, what is the uh, diseases, their dysfunction, you look for targets, you identify new drugs that can, you know, um, overcome the, the dysfunction. Mm. So there's also cardiovascular pharmacology, um, even for economists, there's a few called pharmacoeconomics. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so basically this group of uh, scientists, they calculate the cost-benefit you know, uh, of a, a drug you know, wow. for the healthcare management. Yeah, so a lot of uh, areas, very diverse area. I'm just touching a little bit of it. Clinical pharmacologists, you know, you, you are directly involved in clinical trials. Yeah, um, uh, running trials, look at the effect. Uh, of the drugs on the patient, get all their clinical data after the the trials and and, and analyze this data. Yeah, mm. so very big field, mm. very diverse field. Mm. Very interesting field. And we'll go for a quick break now, Prof Wong. And when we come back, I want to find out more about, you know, what a day at work looks like for you, Um, the kind of work that you do as well. Um, On the show with me today is Professor Dr. Wong Pui Fong, a pharmacologist from the Department of Pharmacology at University Malaya's Faculty of Medicine on this episode of Humans of Healthcare. We'll be right back on Health and Living BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, Lim Su An. You are listening to an episode of our Humans of Healthcare series. And today we are um, shining the spotlight on the role of the pharmacologist. And joining me to um, share more about this field, this role, is Professor Dr. Wong Pui Fong from the Department of Pharmacology at University Malaya's Faculty of Medicine. Um, as Prof. Wong was sharing before the break, this is such an important field to ensure that really the whole field of medicine, you know, smoothly but we don't hear about it as much um, and we were hearing about the different areas that pharmacologists can specialize in can do their work in and it really ranges it's such a diverse field um uh, prof Wong, earlier you mentioned your um your interest is in cellular senescence and i guess i want to know as well that right where do you do most of your work and what does a day at work look like for you uh, it varies. Uh, very interesting. Never boring. Uh, it depends on uh, the season. So if it's a if the semester has begun, I'm, I'm in academia, so naturally I have to teach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if the semester has begun, uh, so I have to spend time in preparing lectures, exam questions. You know, we sit in meetings to review the exam questions. So nowadays we try uh, not to. Um, you know, set questions where you no know, student they just warm it out their answers from memorizing. Mm. So we set higher order questions. So we, we spend a lot of time doing all this. You, know, you can't see it, but you know, uh, yeah. Uh, of course, there are practical classes. We spend three hours, uh, problem based learning session. And after that, we mark practical reports, written assignments, and so on. This is, this is just for the undergraduates. Mm. So I also supervise postgraduate students. Yeah. So if I have 10 students, they have 10 different projects. So I sit down with them, <laughs> do data analysis, do troubleshooting, you know, guide them on uh, what they should do in the next step, you know, in, in every experiment. Uh, of course, when you have postgraduate student, when you have research project, where do you get the funding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have to actively um, uh, conceptualize a new research idea, yeah, try to get funding, whether it's from uh, the government or you know, international uh, bodies yeah so so always at the background on my mind there you know 
as well as for my colleagues, uh, have to write this research grant proposal, you know, is due when and when is at, at the back there mm. of my head. Um, of course, that one. And then also I wear additional hats. I oversee um, the operation of a preclinical um, research facility. Mm. So uh, um, I manage about 14 staff and uh, just to ensure that the, f- the facility function well uh, to support the other researchers. So never boring, very busy, but um, something that I like to do, you know. Uh, so when we have done research, you know, right, you have data. Mm. Somebody sit down, analyze the data, interpret the data, communicate our research finding to, you know, other scientists around the world. So the papers will need to be peer reviewed. Most of the time you get comments from reviewers abroad uh, and they will give you a suggestion or they may reject you. So you need to go back to the bench and do something else, you know, to, to convince them. So ongoing process, different projects, very interesting for me. Mm. So when it comes mm. to, for example, the preclinical studies, those would involve lab work um, with animal models, mm. for example. Yes, 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 definitely. Yeah, so not um, not easy, also mm. expensive, but mm. I know um, we do it when, uh, um, when it is necessary. The protocol must be approved by uh, an ethics committee, yeah? So we don't just use animal sparingly, yeah? Uh, must be justified. Yeah. Mm. I imagine um, one of the other most common settings, would that uh, where pharmacologists would work in, would that be pharmaceutical companies as well? Yes, definitely. So um, the, the undergraduates example, yeah, so mm. they, they can join a pharmaceutical company. They can be a, a clinical research associate, for example. They mm. manage, they run clinical trials. Yeah, uh, They can join biotech company, you know, mm. as a research uh, scientist, you know, uh, and, 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 and find and I know find new drugs you know um, that kind of work Mm. so not necessarily just in academia you can go into industry oh the other thing they can do is that they go join the regulatory bodies right Mm. Uh, pharmacovigilance they help the the NPRA for example to to monitor the um, adverse effect of drugs yeah or they can go into QA yeah, QA of pharma- uh, pharmaceutical uh, products, make sure the quality is there, you know, and you, you, you make drugs, you make medicine, make sure it you reach a certain quality. Yeah. Mm, speaking of the NPRA, we really saw their, uh, I mean, a lot of people learned about their role during the COVID-19 pandemic, right? When we, people were waiting for the vaccines and the medicines. Mm-hmm, definitely. So a lot of opportunities, not just in academia or research, out there in the industry. You just need to look around, network with people uh, to learn, Yeah, find that opportunity. Mm. For you, um, you know, because you do work in academia as well, how much of your work is collaborative? You know, do you, I, do you work with other fields of medicine, for example? Yeah, so... Um, even though I do cellular uh, senescence, right, um, I... In the general term, I like to, I, I'm actually looking for disease markers. Mm. Yeah. So there are many diseases that are diagnosed at very late stage because, for example, you, you go do blood tests, you look at you, you look at your uh, cancer markers. You know, by the time the cancer markers are have, have increased, it's a then you already have that disease. So what we want to do is to find early markers. Yeah, early markers for diagnosis, uh, new drug targets, you know, um, 
cells are so clever, you know. Um, there are many signaling transduction pathway that lead to a cellular outcome. So if you shut this pathway, there are other pathways that they can use, you know, the cancer cells they can use for survival. So you have to continue to look for all this. Yeah. So um, for me, I I uh, I work with um, cardiologists. Mm. Yeah. So I was look. I have one project. I had one project. I was looking for early early blood markers for uh, acute coronary syndrome heart attacks. Yeah. So we have the traditional one. So I was looking at the small molecules and the small RNA molecules. So um, I work with cardiologists in that area. I also I I have a master's in virology. So I also work with um, uh, virologists, uh, specifically dengue and clinicians uh, in, in infectious disease. Um, I am actually developing a, a, a severe dengue diagnostic kit. Mm. Uh, we found this marker uh, in, in severe dengue patient higher in, at a higher level. So in a, for the past few years, I have been optimizing this uh, diagnostic kit. It's a rapid kit. I work with a, a Korean company. Uh, we got funding from the Korean government yeah, and continue to to develop. So various uh, uh, expertise uh, that mm. I, I work with. Mm. Yeah. Very exciting um, uh, areas, different very different areas as well. Um, so I guess coming to the qualifications aspect, right? What kind of um, earlier you mentioned that you know pharmacology is something that all students in 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 health sciences study. Um, so to become a pharmacologist, then what kind of degree or post uh, and or postgraduate qualifications would one need? So um, so so you start with pre U, right? Um, mm-hmm whether it's STPM, A-level, metrics, or foundation, uh, go, uh, choose the science stream. Yeah. And after that, for bachelor degree, um, you can choose, uh, uh, I like health science, you know, bachelor in uh, biomedical science, mm. bachelor, in, bachelor in science, major in pharmaceutical science, for example. Yeah. Um, from there, uh, make sure, you know, you, you at the final year, you know, you have a research project, you chose one that is related to drug study, for example, yeah, look mm. at uh, a compound that target uh, cancer cancer cells, for example. Um, and then uh, it's optional whether you want to do a postgraduate study, you can do a master's uh, degree or you know, after that, you can continue to PhD, uh, depending what you like, you know, what do you want to specialize in? So your if your interest is in neuropharmacology, look for neuroscientists and, and, and get a, run a project under, under the scientists. Yeah. Mm. Um. You know, research work, um, research-based work often plays out over such a long period of time. Um, Prof Wong, as you mentioned, right? You you work on you work on projects for years. Um, you have to look for funding as well. Um, is it difficult to stay motivated when you don't see immediate results? Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, challenges they are always there. Mm. Um, disappointment. You know, you have to prove a hypothesis. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so what happened if? Actually, most of the time, the data we get doesn't fall into what I projected. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, why is it so strange? What's mm. wrong? You know, then we have to go back uh, to the bench again and, and do and repeat the study. Yeah, so staying motivated is hard, but um, the interest is there. So long you have that interest, uh, mm. you persevere. You know, um, I have PhD students, you know, they, 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 they started off with um, uh, not, not so skillful, but as they spend more time doing their work, you know, they become more skillful. Mm. Uh, of course, 
they will be eventually they will get uh, some results and 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 write that that uh, thesis. So it's very hard, but that's why you must have that interest and that calling. Otherwise, you will just give up. Mm. What would you say are some of the challenges, especially when it comes to working in pharmacology here in Malaysia? Uh, funding, as I say, mm. yeah. Uh, compared to our neighboring country, um, yeah, funding is definitely an issue. Um, the research environment we could do better. Mm. Uh, of course, um. We, I mean, we make do with what we have, whatever mm-hmm. tools we have. Uh, we can always overcome all these challenges. We collaborate with uh, international, uh, you know, peers, you know, uh, different university, different department. Yeah, we, we, we find ways to overcome all these challenges. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if we look, step back and look at the bigger picture of pharmacology in general, right, the whole research field, um, would you say the field has developed a lot, uh, progressed a lot in the last... 10, 20 years? What's been the most exciting things? Oh, definitely. Okay, before the 20th century, mm. so the focus was uh, on uh, studying plant-derived um, uh, medicine, plant-derived drugs, you know, for example, uh, uh, di- digitalist. Digitalist still used today uh, mm. uh, is a heart failure drug. You know? And after that, uh, after the 20th century came synthetic chemistry, the field of synthetic chemistry. So scientists, they can actually uh, make the compound from scratch. You know, They can modify the structure of the, the compound and then they, the, the drug will behave differently. So that's the 20th century. And then the, the biotechnology field came Later, uh, later, right? Uh, so there we have bioreactor to make enzymes. Mm. Uh, we can make humanized uh, antibodies. Uh, you know, we de- develop in 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 mouse, but you can humanize the antibodies. Yeah. So after that, we have the human genome being sequenced mm. uh, in the year two zero zero three. So that uh, opened up another area of research: personalized medicine. Yeah. Mm. So because uh you know you can sequence the genome, you can sequence genes, right? So you can f- identify small changes in your DNA. So certain people with that change, they may uh, uh break down the drug mm-hmm. slower than the others. Huh? So and then um some people they have um breast cancer, for example, certain mutation. So if they can, if they have that mutation, you provide them with a the targeted drug. If not, you don't. Yeah. So, so that's the the era. Mm. Uh, more recently, uh, we cannot avoid AI. I was going to ask <laughs> <laughs> for the past uh, maybe five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, five years. Yes. AI definitely has integrated integrated into pharmacology and drug discovery. Mm. Yeah. So. Uh, you can use AI algorithm to find the new drug targets, to do simulation, mo- modeling simulation where the d- drug binds, you know, and it can help you run through a, your long list of hits, you know, and, and and rank it in order, for example, and make prediction, use machine learning, you know, to get all the clinic, read all the clinical data, use machine learning to you know, find the model. Yeah. So in 2020, the first AI generated drug went into clinical trial clinical uh, trial phase one mm-hmm. 2020 um and then uh more lately in 2022 there's also another drug anti-fibrotic anti-fibrotic uh drug mm-hmm. for, for um idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis also went into 
clinical trial phase one. So phase one is usually just to use uh, a small group of patients to test the safety of the drug. So these drugs, uh, you know, traditionally we take 10 to 5 years, you know, for, from bench to uh, market. Mm. But for this particular AI-generated drug, yeah, this one example, they only uh, took 30 months, you know, from wow. bench clinical uh, phase one trial. So how you can see how AI has accelerated the drug discovery uh, uh, process. So mm. very interesting uh, uh, progress ahead. Um, like myself, traditional pharmacologist now. Maybe, you know, I know, I, I've learned a little bit of bioinformatics, you know, good enough for knowing, uh, reading sequences, you know, uh, reading those uh, data, genetic data. But now, maybe... I should really go into learning machine learning algorithm, mm. you know, integrate machine learning into my research, for example. So you, you can see how it has evolved. So dynamic, this field, mm. very diverse field, very dynamic, and it's continued to uh, evolve, you know, into uh, I don't know what else will come. <laughs> mm, it's really keeping you on your toes, isn't it? Yes, yes. I cannot not uh, go into the literature and read and read a lot. <laughs> I cannot just sit there and, mm. and focus on teaching alone. Uh, yeah, the brain is always working uh, behind the, uh, the background there and thinking about what else to do next. Mm. Mm. How familiar, you know, whenever you, I guess if you tell people you're a pharmacologist, right, how familiar are people with what you do? Um, not at all. Mm. They they look at me, I say, I'm, oh, I, I'm a pharmacologist. Oh, I teach pharmacology. Then they look at me. Oh, you mean... Uh, uh, you, you, you dispense drug? No, no, no. <laughs> I have mm. to explain all over again. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So how much interest do you see, um, you know, you, you teach at a university, right? Do you see a lot of interest in students in wanting to take up pharmacology once they graduate? We do see. Uh, otherwise, how we have uh, students, postgraduate students, right? Uh, mm. In pharmacology department, you see all the students there, they are actively uh, running their research. Pharmacology is not an easy subject. You can ask all the undergraduate students. They tell you pharmacology is so challenging. <laughs> you know, from uh, when I started teaching 10 years ago, the mm. anti-diabetic drugs, we only have a handful to teach them. Today, uh, there are so many new groups, mm. so many drug examples that we have to include. So it's really a challenging subject for undergraduate students. Yeah, for uh, for postgraduate students, um, yeah, as I said, with all this uh, technology, this new area, um, hopefully after today, people know what is pharmacology. <laughs> There'll be more interest mm -hmm. in uh, taking up this course. Yeah. Mm. What do you find students are usually most curious about what you do as a pharmacologist? What questions do you usually get? The outcome, you know, also if I, I test this drug, what is the outcome? Mm. How does it work? Yeah, so usually these are... Um, and then they are also interested in what, what they can contribute to the society. Mm. Definitely, we, we don't uh, see an immediate direct impact uh, to the society, but we are building, continue you know, building that, that body, current body of knowledge. What we see today is just uh, the tip of the iceberg. As I say, you know, the signaling pathway in the cells, you know, that's just so extensive. Yeah, the cells are getting smart. The cancer cells are getting smarter. The bacteria, the viruses, they're just so smart. You know, you develop resistance to drugs. So you you need to continue to find new targets, drug targets mm. to uh, 
to win. Yeah. Mm. To wrap up our discussion, Prof Wong, would you have a word of advice for students who are interested in pursuing pharmacology? Um, build a very strong foundation in science. Uh, you cannot just do pharmacology without learning anatomy. Mm. Anatomy is the study of the structure of your, your body, the organs, the cells, the tissues. Then you must know physiology. Physiology is uh, how you have to understand how your the, every system in your body uh, works, right? Pathology mm -hmm. is how uh, the study on how the disease develops and progresses, right? So in biochemistry, you know, the chemical uh, process going into your body, you know, you, you, you take sugar, for example, it goes into the body. The whole series of uh, biochemistry processor that gives you energy, ATP. Mm -hmm. So you need to build a very strong foundation in, in science, yeah, all these uh, basic subjects, science subjects. And then, of course, uh, try to... Um, do a, a small research project, you know, nothing beats hands-on. You know, once you touch, once you can see those cells under the microscope, you're just so amazed, you know, what your drugs can do to the cell. You know, they just die or they don't die, mm. you know, no effect. <laughs> um, uh, so gain research experience, network, go to conferences and enrich yourself with a new knowledge. Yeah, uh, look around, look at the new trend. New trend now is machine learning and AI. So yes, uh, I don't know what else is to come, but mm. be prepared, yeah, for paradigm shift again. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today, Prof Wong. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for having me here as well. You know, I'm, I'm glad that I can share my journey and I hope that today um, a person out there may realise if medicine is not for you, what else can you do, you know, uh, to contribute back to the society? You know, these are the behind the stage work you know that you can do and it's, they are very meaningful you know if you work uh, you manage clinical trials your contribution is immense people don't see it but yes you have contributed in in making sure this drug is safe for consumption mm. yeah so look around not just medicine not just engineering <laughs> uh what law accountancy there are all these uh, interesting impactful job as well Mm, and that's exactly what we hope to um, get the message out to our listeners out there, especially all our young listeners out there. Um, on the show with me today was Professor Dr. Wong Pui Fong from the Department of Pharmacology at University of Malay's Faculty of Medicine for this episode of Humans of Healthcare. I'm Lim Suen and this has been Health and Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.